Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guys, Big Dave at Bow BWL Sports, and Will the Goat Gottlieb. He is at Will underscore Gottlieb. Our producer, Joey, hanging out in the wings. He is at Joey Spathis on Twitter. Follow him. Getting all kinds of love on Twitter this morning, Joey. How how is everyone doing? Yeah, what the hell was that? What's all this Joey stuff I'm seeing? It keep popping up on, on my Twitter page. What's going people, on? What's happening? The people have spoken and they want more Joey, Dave. For what? <laughs> I'm just messing with Joey, man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Joey. I know he gets emotional. For his awesome sports takes, his beautiful smile, his warm personality. Need I keep going? I think you should because I haven't heard one thing that's true yet. <laughs> I can do this all day. I can do this all day. I can do it all day, baby. Dave's just pissed that that global warming has hit harder than ever, and it's seventy five degrees out, and he can't wear a hoodie and shorts. It's too hot. Oh, we, oh, you don't know me at all, then, Will. <laughs> this is amazing. You're not sorry. wearing a. You are not wearing a hoodie right now. I can promise you that. No, but I can I can wear the CHGO zip up hoodie and I can leave that open and still rock some if too I want hot. to. See, it's too hot. Option weather, Will. That's why I like this weather now. It's option weather. What I do know is you have your little air conditioning unit going. I can promise you that too. Oh, it's a fan going. Oh, yeah. it's, and it's an industrial size fan going that you can't see, right? Sitting right <laughs> in front of you, man. You can't even see it, but it's an industrial size fan I have on it every single time. I, Winter, I expect summer. Less. Yeah, winter summer, it's going, baby. Feels good. <laughs> uh, lots of fun stuff on deck today. We wanted to make note of the Bulls appearing on one of the national NBA pods. Uh, they were a team of discussion on the most recent Low Post episode where Zach Lowe and Tim Bontemps were kind of pontificating as to how the Bulls are 6-6 six and six and, and can't quite figure this team out yet. Um, I think we're all kind of still trying to figure out what this team is, especially with Zach in and out of the lineup. 
starting unit struggling, bench unit doing very well. So we'll take a look at some of the numbers behind that uh, topic of conversation. And uh, if we got some time at the end of the show, we'll wrap up looking around to some trending teams and storylines in the NBA. But started with the City Edition jerseys that officially got unveiled today across the NBA, all 30 teams. There were, uh, as there usually are, a couple of tweets a few weeks ago leaking what appeared to be this season's Bull City Edition jerseys. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but when I saw those leaks, I was pretty underwhelmed. And the more I've seen from them today with this official uh, unveiling, I think I'm liking them more and more because the pictures that leaked, maybe it was bad lighting. I don't know. They looked ugly, but I'm liking them more (laughs) now. Uh, The Bulls released a whole bunch of stuff promoting this year's City Edition jerseys, including this hype video explaining some of the history of the city behind it. Joey, go ahead and play that video, would you please? In 1917, Chicago introduced this symbol. Yeah, you know it. The municipal wide splashed across our buildings and bridges, a representation of the meeting point between the Chicago River's three branches. And now it's our team. Five lines for each player on the court and a new rusty red to match the Chicago River's bridges. The 2022 City Edition jersey pays homage to Chicago's past while we write its next chapter. Okay. Okay. Initial thoughts, gentlemen? First of all, whoever uh, did that voiceover, it sounds awesome and amazing. And I'll buy whatever he's Mm -hmm. selling, (laughs) like straight up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the jerseys, the rusty red, just hearing that because of the bridges, that's awesome. That's an awesome touch. Um, I like the little Chicago flag also that's on the uh, left side of jersey, kind of at the bottom. Uh, It looks really dope. I like I like how detailed it is. Um, I didn't I didn't hate the jerseys when I first saw them. I, I was a little more than underwhelmed Matt but I kind of was like right there where you were but I was a, a little bit up a little probably two notches over over underwhelmed if that makes any sense but after seeing them on players I was like oh no okay this works like all right I like it it's and the shorts too like I think this is the uh every time they do a city edition jersey whether we agree or disagree on the jersey we always talk about how dope the shorts the shorts are and how they always get that right. And they got it right again, Will. Like, I, I think they they nailed it on those. But overall, yeah, I, I don't mind them at all. I think that Chicago Bulls fans are just so spoiled because they have, like, the coolest, most iconic regular jerseys. <laughs> and so anytime they try to, like, make something new and creative, it's always kind of like, well, this just, like, isn't as good as the regular jersey that they wear night in and night out. And so to me, it's like... I don't say underwhelming, but I think the detail in it, like the attention to detail with the the sort of like the cubes and the Y's that create all of those throughout the Jersey. um, Mm -hmm. I I think the, as you said, Dave, the shorts, the Y pattern there is really cool. I just like, I didn't know anything about this municipal Y. I'd never heard of it, never Mm -hmm. seen it anywhere. And maybe that's just because I'm not very observant or don't have a good, uh, I'm not very in touch with like Chicago architectural patterns, but Mm -hmm. um I, I think it's cool. I, I like learning about this stuff. I agree. The the rust color is kind of a fun twist on the the normal bulls red, but mm-hmm. to me, it's always going to be a little bit uh, underwhelming in contrast to the awesome regular, you know, red and blacks that they that typically wear. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like I was originally taken aback by it and and turned off by it, 
because the, the the whole rust red because it's not bulls red and i'm like what 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 are we doing here um and and i honestly i see that shade of red and my twisted dark brain immediately starts thinking miami heat cuz like you oh, know wow. the miami heat have gone in a few different shades of red with their you know the red that's in their jerseys over the years but to me that shade of red looks more miami heat than chicago bull and you know that that's a big problem for me when I learned mm-hmm. why the decision was made, and it was about the red bridges of the city and the fact that the municipal line, the connecting of the rivers, rivers and bridges running through the city, I, I like it more. It seems like when I, whenever I look at these city edition jerseys and it's a leak and I'm like, eh, whatever the initial uh, response is, mm-hmm. I then hear about the decisions made behind why the jerseys look the way they do, and I like it right. more. Because, you know, as, as you said, Will, yeah, I, I wasn't super familiar with the municipal Y of Chicago before this. Apparently, it's been a thing that's been around since 1917. Um, and it's like, oh, the Bulls made me learn more history about my city. So thank you for that. You know, it's, it's like, it's cool. And I, and I was confused about what looked like a weird, like, honeycomb pattern, you know, going up and down the whole jersey. And then I realized, oh, that honeycomb pattern is actually a bunch of concentric of those little municipal Ys all, like, grouped together. So I like it more. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was really cool. And you're right, Matt, like making you learn more stuff about Chicago. You just continue to remember how dope Chicago is. You're like, damn, Chicago got a lot of dope stuff. Like oh, everything, architecture, music, you know, arts, anything like Chicago, basketball, sports like Chicago really has some food. Chicago really has just so many dope, dope things about it. And the fact that every mm-hmm. year they find some kind of way to draw from Chicago and continue to teach you something about Chicago because and it's really cool because Chicago is so vast and so big and so many things we don't know about it like like next year they could probably go you know with I don't know street signs or something you know what I mean like they can do anything you know what I mean with Chicago because every year they do it I learn something and I marvel at just how dope Chicago is I really do yeah I think that's a great point and just kind of reiterating what, what I said earlier about the attention to detail with it. And I really, I really like what you said, Dave, about just like it teaching you something. I think that really made me appreciate it more just than like the aesthetic itself. Yeah. Hey, and I also was saw the people in the comments shouting out the baby blues, man, as they favorite ones. Cause the baby blues are it. I see Shyrax Bobby. The worst ones by yes. far. The worst I city edition you. jerseys by <laughs> far. <laughs> You know I what we should do? This offensive should, uh, jersey that blinds you when you look at it and splotch a neon blue Bulls logo right on the chest. So Awful. dope. So dope. <laughs> one of these uh one of these days during the offseason, we should do a draft of city edition jerseys. Oh, I like this. Will. Yeah. I'd I know what, I know what Matt's first pick is gonna be. <laughs> well, my, my depending on you know where I am in the draft order, my will either be last year the red Chicago or those mm-hmm. first ones they threw out that were white and had Chicago and baby blue across the chest. Those were dope, which leads me to, I think my last thought on these jerseys, as far as like just what they look like. Mm-hmm. I, I have never been a fan of the bulls when they go alternates that say Chicago in block print like that across the chest. Okay. I, and I'm using the phrase across the chest too much. I got to cut that out, but Either have it say Bulls in that kind of font, or if you're going to say Chicago, put it in script. Put it in cursive. I've never been a fan of 
C-H-I-G-A-G-O, you know, like across the front. I, I don't know what it is. Aesthetically, to me, it's not pleasing because I, I, see, I see Chicago and I want it to be in cursive on a diagonal. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I say just like the classics <laughs> right. are so perfect. Either put it in script, it's per, it's literally perfect, or do the black pinstripes with uh with bulls across. Like it's not that hard. Those are those are the two that I need. You can wear those two every single game. That's all I need. Now I I could be wrong, but I feel like when it's written out like that, it's it's homage to of uh, the 19 either 50s or 60s jersey the bulls 70s. Oh, excuse me 1960s 70s. and 70s jerseys that the mm-hmm. bulls were wearing so i think it's more homage to that and i i like those like i thought those were cool too like i haven't seen a bad one like i've seen ones i i can say um i, I wouldn't wear that but it, i haven't seen one where i was just like dude that's just terrible like i've seen other teams where i'm just like this right. is terrible but i haven't right. seen that from the bulls yet uh Matt let, me, let me ask you guys Go ahead. I was just going to say, let me let me ask you guys this. Like, we're talking about the Bulls having very similar patterns across their jersey year in and year out. When you look at some of the other ones, some of these other teams, like the Warriors did something really weird, having a gold rose at the bottom of theirs. Um, yeah. Miami obviously right. has the, like, the weird um, – what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the, like the, the, kid, the kidnapper font? The kidnapper font, exactly. I really like what the the Timberwolves did, giving uh, like streaks for different colors of their jerseys. But like, do you guys wish that the Bulls had not not to say all these teams always hit on these unique designs? But do you wish that the Bulls got a little bit like more creative and freaky with it? That's that's kind of why I like the blue one so much, is because they were different than any other Bulls jersey I had ever seen them do. Like they just completely went away from the red. They completely went away from their regular colors and said, we're going to try this blue right here, but we're going to keep that bull right there because it's honestly the best logo going. So it's hard to mess up. And I just really, really liked it. So yeah, I, I'm not mad. Will if they don't go straight too far from it or anything like that, I like when they take those chances um, because sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Sometimes when they do it regularly, it looks, you know, Blah, you know what I'm saying? Irregular and cool, but sometimes when you take a risk, it looks really cool. But yeah, to answer your question, I I don't know. I don't wish they did more. I'm I'm comfortable with how they kind of do it. Yeah, I I would say it would um, be fun to get creative and and weird on occasion. Uh, maybe the the powder blue one is like the example there, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Bulls just have such classic, iconic jerseys. It's hard to really mess with perfection. It's You know, t- taking a swing uh, and, like, you know, going for something really weird and out there either ends up being awesome or terrible. And y'all know my opinion. When the Bulls did it with those blue ones, I thought it was terrible. But, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I can at least, you know, respect the fact mm-hmm. you took a risk and took a swing. But, again, going back to what Will said, like, the Bulls' iconic look is iconic and don't mess with it. If you don't have to mess with it, don't mess with it. Make certain tweaks, make throwbacks to previous generations of jerseys because they don't have to make big swings. Whereas these other franchises that have been around not as long as the Bulls or certainly have not established as global of a brand as the Bulls, make those big swings because they can because they don't have anything that's iconic. So it's like, well, might as well try something else. Yeah. Uh, Matt Skizzy in the comments saying, bring back the St. Patty's Day greens. Dude, I was always a fan of those because uh, I'm a St. Like Patty's them. guy. 
Um, yeah. I, ha- I have a green Blackhawks sweater, and I and I love what? it. Really? I, mean, I, wear, I, I wear it <laughs> I once like a year ones. on St. Patrick's Day weekend, somewhere in there, St. Patty's Day weekend. Um, if I were going to a Bulls game, St. Patrick's Day weekend, I would absolutely rep a Bulls, uh, you know, St. Patty's green jersey. Will, Will, you're not a fan of those, though. I just, I just don't like them. But uh, Joey, can you put the uh, that graphic back up with all the team city edition jerseys? I want to see w- which you guys have a favorite yeah. here, or like one that you think is uh, well, terrible or awesome. I mean, you guys just brought it up, so I just want to go back to the Warriors one for a second because I saw it and mm. I was like, "Goo, that is ugly as shit." But then I went to Warriors Twitter to figure out why those jerseys are what they are, and just like the Bulls, I understand and gained a little bit more appreciation for it because apparently the Warriors this year just went all about women's appreciation so like the rose above where their jersey number is is the illustrated rose representing women who change the game and lead fearlessly the sun rays around the number circle uh symbolize the power of uplifting women the rose at the bottom the gold rose at the bottom is symbolic of the women who are champions of our community so like when I see that stuff, I'm like, okay, cool, yay, yay, Warriors, yay, women's right. But the jersey itself, I'm like, that jersey's ugly. That jersey is freaking <laughs> ugly. I thought that way until I saw it on Steph Curry, and when I saw it on Steph Curry, I felt differently about it. I said, I, that that might be cool. That's how I felt when I saw it. But uh, Steph Curry as far can make as a potato sack look good, though, Dave. Like <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. You know what I mean. I might be rocking a potato sack because of it, but <laughs> but it look, it looked right. It looked right when I saw that. Now maybe if I see it on someone else and then like that, I might not like it. But when I saw players wearing it, if, and I've done that with several team edition jerseys, when I've actually saw players wearing it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. That's cool. But there are some where I see players wearing it, like, oh, that's trash. I don't like that at all. And a couple of them, I don't. The ones I don't like, Will, are the ones who didn't try. And I didn't. I didn't like Brooklyn's because I've seen it already. Um, I didn't like Orlando's. That's what they wear all the time. It's uh, literally not different from their regular <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, Miami, yeah, uh, Miami's. I, we already saw that. Um, the Knicks again. That that is a Tibbs uh, alternate jersey. Tibbs is like just pull out the black ones and let's go play ball. Like that's a Tibbs alternate jersey. So those I, I don't really care for. Um the Detroit one I thought was real dope. Uh yeah, the Celtics the one, one is very cool. Yeah, the Celtics one too. The Atlanta one I liked. Um the Celtics one reminds me of like the old Christmas Day jerseys. Exactly. And that that's why I was feeling it. Uh the feet the Portland one I thought was real dope too. The Portland Looking one's cool because it's a totally oh. different colorway. Yeah, they, they just went completely away from it. And I was like, okay, I, I I can rock with that right there. But yeah, those those I I truly enjoyed. But the ones who didn't try and put in the effort, those, those ones I had a, a a real issue with. Oh, and Memphis, I, I like Memphis ones because, like Matt said, once I did research on it as to how they came up with that, and they basically just went and got all the hip hop royalty from Memphis to help design that jersey. So they really got like. Project Pat and, and Juicy J and DJ Paul, you know, everybody from 3-6 Mafia and Al Capone and NLE Chopper and guys like that. Joey knows what I'm talking about. And when you got those guys to help you out, again, that just is more of Memphis leaning into what they've been leaning into for a couple years now, which is the culture of Memphis. And I thought that was really cool. I, I also really like I'm just a sucker for those teal Spurs colors. So I really like that one. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I just I just love that colorway. Uh, what are the other ones? Oh, the the Philly one was kind of interesting with brotherly love on yeah, it instead of yeah. like what if the Bulls had Windy City? I thought that would be that's interesting. I'm not saying I love it, but it's but it's interesting. Oh, I'm with Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm with. <laughs> even you know that they like they they made that like Benny the Bull like expanded logo where it's like there's smoke coming out of his nostrils and it says Windy City in the smoke coming out of his nostrils. Yeah, I've always hated that. Me too. Couldn't stand it. Me too. Hated it with a passion. And then <laughs> some really, uh, some really Juan awful ones co- for me. Comments ask. Go ahead. I was gonna say the uh, the Hornets one is like so weird. Okay. What are we What are well, we doing here? Yeah. Okay. Yo, why is that, listen. So, so real quick, Juan asking in the comments, <laughs> what what is what is PDX? Uh, PDX is an abbreviation uh, that Portlanders use, and I'm pretty sure it's also the call letters of Portland's airport. So, like PDX, correct? Being Portland is a thing, which exactly. leads us to the Hornets CLT, which is, I believe, the call letters for Charlotte's airport. Correct. No, do people refer to Charlotte as like, oh, going to hang out in the CLT this weekend? Because you know what you <laughs> did, putters in big block letters on the front of your jersey, Hornets. You know, you know what you did. That's not their fault. Like they didn't name the airport. They didn't give it the admission. It's, it's not fault. their fault. It's their fault that they didn't say no to the idea of putting those three letters on the front of their jersey. Let's be different. They didn't think everybody was going to be perverted about it. They just said, hey, let's be different. Let's be different with ours, <laughs> right. man. And that's right, it. Because we like, were all totally calm and normal when the Bucks were like, hey, we, we got some jerseys. <laughs> they say Cream City. And we were all like, what? Well, First of all, breaks. no, I, Cream City is not the name of the airport <laughs> at all. So. That's just a nickname they come up. They they but, did that to themselves. Why even? <laughs> why is the call letter of your city's airport even think like? What do you want? Bull jerseys that say O R D E on? Please no. Like that's fucking. If the Bulls, yeah. If the Bulls are gonna do three letters, it's got to be C H I. I'm confused why they haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, that's the Bulls. Charlotte needs to try anything. Like this is different. You know what I'm saying? Like they could try anything they want out there, man. Like. Dude, they could have gone wrong either way, Matt. If they put uh, H-O-R on there, people would think something was that. You know, why'd you put those three letters on it? Like, people would have something to say about that. There's no way they can win, all right? They were in a tough situation. We're doing the best they can. <laughs> so so either put Charlotte or Hornets. If, if a three-letter abbreviation isn't working out for your city and your team name, then don't do it. <laughs> Where you flying into? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can't tell your girl where you flying to no more. Like this is crazy. You're flying to Charlotte. <laughs> is where you're flying. You just say Charlotte. Uh, Joey is wildly in the comments saying that he wants a ho you fat CLT jersey. <laughs> Joey. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I have the maturity of a 12-year-old and I hear something like that and I'm like you can't put that on a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is hilarious. Woo! Look, everybody knows I'm a child, but I'm just saying they can't help it. <laughs> they can't help it. It's not their fault. <laughs>
Oh man, that is that is awesome. That's funny as hell, Joey. Well done. Um, <laughs> so I, I believe the Bulls are going to be debuting these um, oh, next week. I think maybe they, they've got a rematch against the Pels, and I think I saw that they're going to be wearing these jerseys for the first time in that game. They'll also be wearing them at home against Den uh, against Dallas. Okay. Uh, uh, so we'll see how they look on the court. We'll see how they look on the court. Um, can I and wait? Again, can I ask? I want I wanted to ask Will this question quickly. Will, do you think the Bulls should change their court when they wear these jerseys like these other that's, teams? That's right where I was going, Dave. That's why I love you, Matt. <laughs> um, I guess I'm not super opinionated about that. I feel like it would be fun to do it every once in a while, but you run the same risk as trying something crazy with the jerseys where if it doesn't go over well, you just look like you have a very strange court. But again, the Bulls like rarely change much about their jerseys right. and their court, so it's I think it's kind of fun to try. Okay. Yeah, bold, bold swing could backfire, though, because I love some of these alternate courts the teams have put out, but then you see the Brooklyn Nets court, and you're like, oh, gray and darker gray? God, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they're people run courts, up and down this basketball court, and too. I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, man, basketball is fantastic. <laughs> it's... I I always you know uh, dive into these city edition jerseys. It's a thing that the league does. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see what these Bulls jerseys look like when they wear them on the. All right, Daniel Bulls who. Uh... All right, well Matt we lost him. <laughs> lost them at the right time because it is time for some ad reads. What everybody kind of came here to listen to, or at least three of y'all. At least I know three of y'all, and one of them is this guy over here in the box right there with the perfectly coiffed hair. So I'm not gonna let him down. I'm gonna talk about these shady did. raids. I'm gonna talk about them shady raids, Will, because Will don't understand why sunglasses are so expensive, and he's frustrated about it. And you know who else is frustrated about it? The friends at Shady Rays. They got you covered. They got those premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. A tay. A tay. <laughs> the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear that I like to call the Matthew Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. That means if you break your shades on day one because you're angry and throwing your hat and your glasses on your hat, or you just throw your glasses in anger because you're upset, they said they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, if you break them on day one. They got you covered, man. Shady Ray's customers seem to agree with all the things that they're doing because there are over 200,000 five-star reviews. And Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That is just absolutely outstanding. So exclusive to all our listeners out there, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Just use that code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of awesome sunglasses. And you can get that at ShadyRays.com. That is called a buy one, get one free. And Matthew Peck, what do they call that? BOGO, baby. Mm-hmm. That's a BOGO for the low low, a 54-fo, for show show. 
Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all the newest and best shades. Shady Rays, because the Rays are shady. You guys, buy Comed. Comed Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage, lower those energy bills now and into the future. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So here's what to do. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz right now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, contact them at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, you can email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. And once again, that main website comment.com slash powering biz b-i-z uh all right y'all so moving along bulls were discussed on the most recent low post episode and i you know plugged my nose and and you know uh, channeled (laughs) all of my willpower to get through listening to tim bontemps and his obnoxious voice and his questionable takes and his obnoxious takes (laughs) <laughs> to listen to them say what they had to say about the Bulls. Um, and it was, it was honestly, I think, a pretty honest assessment for the who haven't listened to it. Go get, listen to it after you listen to us. Like, they basically were like, this team is 6-6. Six six. We don't know what they had. I don't think they know what they are yet. Surprisingly, they have one of the best defenses in the league, but the offense isn't working. The starters are losing and the bench is winning. What the hell is going on? So let's start there. Because okay. I think the honest assessment of what this Bulls team is through their first dozen games. Yeah, and I appreciate that honesty from them. Be like, you know what? Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't know what, what this is out here. It's very confusing. Um, I found it surprising that they were that high up in defense. I did find that surprising. I didn't know it was that high. Um, and that's really awesome. And that's a credit, honestly, to the bench. But also, I got to give credit to the first unit because it's a team, you know what I'm saying, ranking. It's not a bench or starter ranking. It's a team ranking. So I give credit to everybody uh, involved with that. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons they have the six wins that they have is because of the defense that they're playing. Uh, When they hit three-point shots, they win games. Uh, That's also been documented as well. But they haven't done that a lot this season. And I think I believe only three games they have been over 10 threes made. And they won two of those games. And, yeah, so it's not – it's like the reason you can't understand or figure them out yet is because they're not whole yet. So it's hard to kind of assess them and understand what they are when the product isn't finished. You know, like you can't you can't tell me what the the full course tastes like when you haven't had, you know what I'm saying, the main entree yet. You're still eating the appetizers right now. Like they're not done, you know, and once they start getting guys back and back into the roles that they were kind of supposed to be in. So once guys, you know, come off that injury, so you still got Kobe to deal with, Drummond still has to work his way back. And, and just quickly, I I wanted him to rest last game and then come back. But after I saw last game, I realized why he came back. It's to work a couple of those bugs out 
and then get some rest and then come back and then do it that way. So I'm okay with that as well. Um, but then you, of course, you got, like I said, Alonzo, you got Drummond, you got Kobe, and those guys have to come back and get healthy. And of course, Zach is getting healthy also, you know, with his knee. So it's hard to assess and know exactly what they are. But as far as where they are in the standings, Will, they're exactly where I thought they would be. Um, the record might be different, but I thought they would be right there where they are, like a number six, number seven seed. They're, they're right where I thought they would be. But, yeah, it's hard to get a clear assessment because they're not healthy and whole yet. And to me, that's exactly why this team is not that confusing. I feel like everybody kind of just thought they were going to be uh, a low-end playoff team or a high-end play-in team. Um, they have flaws. They're well-documented. They have mm-hmm. guys missing out of the lineup. That's well documented. Um, you know, Zach Levine has played fewer games than we may have thought. Lonzo's still out. Uh, it's just like it's an imperfect team for them to be six and seven right now, having played a pretty tough schedule. I think yeah, is no. fine. Like they're and that's what they are. They're a fine team. I don't think anybody is confusing them with being a championship contender. Um, right. I think you're overlooking a lot of things if you think that they're going to be like a bottom 10 team like i think that's just kind of silly they're going to be somewhere in the 10 to 20 range hopefully it's closer to 10 obviously but like i think there's also and and ricky and jason were just talking about this on their podcast cash consider cash considerations um and i think it's a good point and something that i certainly get roped into and sucked into a lot which is like this idea of championship or bust and Mm. i think ricky said basically like the media, the national media loves a, a contender and they love a team that's bottoming out for draft picks and, and tanking. And like everybody else is just kind of like in the middle and they're not sure what to make of that. For the Bulls, like they they don't have the luxury of just like being a contender. So few teams mm-hmm. do. And I think they're doing pretty darn well with what they have. They're way better than they were down the stretch of last season. They're not quite as good as they were at the first you know two thirds of last season. But we all kind of knew that was going to be the case. I think for me, the defense has been a surprise. The bench has been a surprise. The fact that Damar and Zach and Vooch haven't been as good of a trio as we maybe thought is not great. But like statistically, they weren't that great last year either. And it was everybody else around them that helped elevate them. It was the defense when Lonzo and Caruso were playing at their best. It was mm-hmm. um, some of the outside shooting that was going in at a super high rate when they were playing at their best. So like, to me, I get that like people may think that this is sort of a confusing team because they're not sure if they're good or bad. But I think it's kind of like the truth is in the middle. They're just like a good mm-hmm. mediocre to good team. And it's, it's like not that confusing to me. Hmm. Uh, we got people in the comments who say that they are not you know, necessarily a fan of the, the national NBA takes. Old Buckner is saying, I swear if half of what they half of what they say is just regurgitating bad takes on Twitter and not actually watching the games. Shirak Bobby saying, I don't pay attention to NBA national media, especially after their horrid takes from last year. Um, look, and I, I, I totally get that. Bulls fans who want to get the coverage of their team from people who are here in Chicago and watching this team play every night. Um, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. But it was an interesting jumping off point because what they were discussing were what you were just mentioning, Will, which is the actual numbers behind who's performing well and who's not on this Bulls squad right now. And especially that trio of Zach Levine, Jamar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic, theoretically your three best players, and then also around them, they're starting five, which have not been great. Joey, do you have those number splits I sent you earlier today that we could take a look at? Because, um, I mean, they're they're pretty shocking. 
So here, there you see at the top, they're starting five when people are healthy. It's just barely in the net positive range of plus 1.4 per 100 possessions. Then if you look at three-man lineups, Zach Demar and Vooch, negative 9.1, whereas, and I just picked this one from a bunch of different four-man lineups that were <laughs> mostly bench players. There you see the, the uh, four-combo, four, four-man combo of Dragic, Drummond, Caruso, and Derek Jones Jr., by you know, by comparison, plus forty, nearly plus forty-one per one hundred possessions. And if you go to NBA, you know, dot uh, com and look at those splits, lineup splits, you can saunter through all of them. I spent a lot of time this morning looking at a bunch of different lineup splits, and it's a lot of this. It's a lot of Bulls starting unit bad, Bulls bench unit with maybe one of Zach Demar or Vooch in there good. What do we think about that? I think mm. that contributes to what we talked about last night, which is, or maybe it's a result of what we talked about last night, which is the Bulls clutch numbers being really, really bad. And again, like I think when teams overperform early on in the season, people say, look at how much better they were. They are than we thought they were going to be. And when teams underperform, it's this team sucks, but it's never like, well, this team was really good last year. And they're just working their way into being the best version of themselves. Like the Bulls are not clicking on all cylinders right now. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, yeah. One of the things that Bontemps mentioned was like the Caruso and uh, and Dragic lineups are not going to be this good. I think that's fair to say. Like they are not going to be this good. They're not going to be plus forty. That's like insane. It's impossible. But I think by the same vein, you have to also expect that there's going to be some positive regression for the Demar Zach lineups and. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there are versions of that lineup, like the one you had there, Peck, which is Io and Patrick with them being a net positive. Uh, I mean, it's like a top 15, top 12 kind of number plus one and a, one and a half uh, net rating. Like, I think we're going to see that improve. And hopefully Lonzo comes back and you slide guys down in the rotation and things just start to look a little bit better. You're not relying on Caruso to provide you offense, which we know he struggled with. You're not relying on you know, 28 minutes, 30 minutes out of Javante Green. It just takes the pressure off of everybody. And yeah, I think uh, it's clear when, you know, I'll say this, the the national media, especially Zach Lowe, I think does as good a job as anybody can do watching and getting to know all these different teams. But at a certain point, like there's only so much basketball you can watch it. So you have to rely Mm. on, you know, maybe one out of every four games that you're able to watch and, you know, combining that with some of the numbers, but you just don't see everything. And I think I've seen a lot that would suggest that the bulls are actually in a lot of ways better than I thought they were going to be this year, despite the record. I think they've got Mm -hmm. some stuff to work through like that clutch um, stuff that we talked about last night, but I'm not like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not confused about this team. I think they are kind of who we thought they were to, to make a, Bears joke there, but uh, but I, I still think they have room to improve. Those are who we thought they were. They're, they're, they're who we thought exactly. they were. Exactly. Uh, Will you you and if you, you want to crown them, you crown their asses. Crown their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Will I think you hit it everything right on the head. Um, if you had a collection plate going around, I would have put some money in it. That was that everything was really on point. What you just said right there, and the key. I was just waiting for you to say Lonzo. I was like, because every, everything I was looking at, it was like, 
oh yeah, well, we're gonna put Lonzo in there and then we'll see what those numbers look like. That's all I was thinking the entire time. And he make he's he's the he's the one. He makes everything kind of go and, and spreads everybody out and puts everybody in their right position where they need to be. Uh we know what he's gonna bring. But in the meantime, you've got to tread water. And that's just what the Bulls are doing. That's really all they're doing, man. And guys are trying to get familiar with playing with each other, what each other likes, where each other needs to be, because guys are on the floor for the first time in a long time with each other at one time. You know what I mean? Like Patrick Williams wasn't there at all. So, you know, you had to figure that out. Zach Levine was in and out the lineup a lot, you know, last season. You know what I mean? With COVID, with the knee, with the feet, like – it was, it was weird. You know what I mean? He was in and out. Vooch uh, was out. Like, guys are figuring each other out. And Io's in a whole new position being the starting point guard. So things have to get figured out for the Bulls. And that's what you use the early part of the season for, is to figure these things out. Not the later part of the season, but the early part. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what building kind of looks like, guys. It's messy. It's not going to be all nice and neat and put together. And I don't want it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want these yeah. lumps that the Bulls have to take. This is what I want it to look like. And so I'm okay with it because as long as you come out uh, as they're about, what, six and seven, you know what I'm saying? Like six and six, like if you're around that record and just hovering around 500 while you're getting it together and playing a very tough-ass schedule and tired for the most games played in the NBA, yeah, take your time, Bulls. Figure it out. You know what I mean? Get it together and then come on back. And one more point, because, Will, I think you – you all, like I said, you were preaching when you were talking about the national media and not being able to watch all the games. I, when I, when I was on locked on, I used to do locked on NBA and it was fun. Like it was great. I enjoyed doing it with my man from Dallas. Shout out to him. Um, but it was no way I was able to watch every single game. It's that not night like an indictment. And it's then report possible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, I can't report. I, I didn't. I tried my best to look at every game, but I didn't see every single game that night. And then report. You know what I mean? And then report on it. And you try to give your best take about it. So I'm saying all that to say, when they saw Patrick Williams and they talked about him, I was like, well, you clearly haven't seen Patrick in the last five games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you clearly haven't seen him. Like I hear it. Like you're like, well, he's giving you nothing. There's nothing he's doing out there. He's doing. Okay, yeah, you haven't been watching, and I immediately tuned it out of my brain. So, yeah, like it's hard for them to watch everything. Like you said, it's not an indictment on them because it's like humanly impossible for them to do those kind of things. But, yeah, man, like the Bulls, they're right where I thought they would be right now with what they have. And the other thing is like this team, I think a lot of people just like assume this is going to be run it back from last year. They're playing a different style. And I think they're still trying to figure out what works there. And and I'll give you an example. The Bulls last year were one of the best in the league at effective field goal shooting and turnovers, not turning the ball over, two of the the four factors. This year, they're trying to push the pace a lot more, get out in transition. They're trying to move the ball more in the half court and not rely so heavily on DeMar DeRozan to just bail them out with elbow jumpers all day. And so what does that mean? That means you're moving the ball a lot. You're trying to hit hit ahead passes. You are uh, getting into actions from side to side. And when that happens, you turn the ball over. It's just a fact. So when you're, this is like how the Rockets played in the mid uh, 2010s against the Warriors is like, they said, we're not going to run pick and rolls. We're just going to do hardened isolations and we're never going to turn the ball over. And we're always going to get a good high value shot because it's either going to be a layup or a lob from Harden or a step back three. 
Whereas the Warriors had this totally different style where they were moving the ball around, they were flying up and down. They turned the ball over a ton, but because they had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, you can you can you know withstand some of those turnovers. Well, the Bulls don't have that, and so they are now trying to walk this line of how do we supercharge our our non DeRozan offense in a way that gets us easier points without turning the ball over as much. And they're turning the ball mm-hmm. over. They're not getting to the free throw line as much. And because they're not getting DeMar elbow jumpers, who's, I mean, that's one of the most efficient shots in the league is DeMar elbow jumpers because they're not doing any of those things. There's a trade-off. They're turning the ball over. They're not getting as good of looks, but hopefully this is building for the greater good, which is a more sustainable offense, more movement, less reliance on DeMar and, and a less um, obvious offense for defenses to figure out. And so I think that's going to take some time for the Bulls to get used to. And it's something that I don't think really anybody in the national media is, is talking about or aware of. Yeah. Um, just to point out uh, this comment from Fly the Dub, who said they've been treading water for 59 games, going back to the day what you were discussing as far as what, what this team is trying to do right now, which is stay afloat mm-hmm. through a brutal start to the schedule and wait for wait. a key player to come back. And what? I'm sorry. Is he is he saying is he factoring in the second half of the season? In right. This? So and th- this isn't the Bro. first time I've seen it. That's why I'm going to finally Bam. bring it up because Fly the Duck keeps throwing this out there. <laughs> Fly, he's Go he's ahead, like Matt. obsessed with com- combining the back end of last season with the first dozen games of this season as if that's a thing. Um, and when we talk about continuity, maybe that's why you're obsessed with bridging last season's record and what we've seen so far through a dozen games. But look, this is different. We'll just laid out to you the different styles of which the Bulls are trying to do, especially offensively, and the hiccups that have come along with that. They also have two brand new rotation players who are two of the most important pieces, not just coming off their bench, but on their roster in Drummond and Dragic. This is not the same as last year. But there are two things about the start of this year and the back end last year that are the same. Fly the W. Lonzo's out, and Zach's playing not 100%. So... There that is. It is what it is. The Bulls are trying to figure out a new system while dealing with some of the other things that caused them to be a struggling team at the back end of the last year. It's, it's not like you could be like, oh, well, let's just lump on all of those losses in, in you know February through April of last year. Mm-hmm. It's a new season, man. It's a new season. Yeah. And if you expected them to figure all this out in a dozen games on the fly through a brutal schedule, I don't know what you were looking for. Cause it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> it's tough to do that, man. Like that comparison. And, and again, the main thing that Matt pointed out that I always love pointing out, I don't have to watch Tony Bradley. <laughs> I had to watch Tony Bradley do this stuff last year in this role, guys. Patrick Williams wasn't there either. You, you have to factor that into your 59 games as well. Like a lot of these things weren't going on. And a lot of newness was happening with the Chicago bulls, man. So, yeah, I understand, but I feel you. You know, you want to roll with that. And Tristan Thompson, yes, old Buckness. Tristan Thompson's not there either. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of newness and a lot of things we, we don't have to look at uh, anymore. And so, yeah, they're figuring it out right now. And, yeah, we'll see what it looks like. And I'm glad they got this break because they truly, truly needed one. Yeah, uh, okay, so there's that. Look. The numbers so far aren't great when you look at the Bulls starting unit and that trio of stars in particular, but I'm I'm not panicking yet. There's still a lot yeah. of time and a lot of games left to play. Uh, last thing we want to do is take a quick look around 
around the league, and we will come up next. Hit that thumbs up button while we share a couple more ad reads with you guys. Big Dave, who's the next yeah. sponsor we need to talk about? Oh, well, of course, the one that the GOAT is all about. Pins and Aces, sir. The official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They make those amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and, of course, that beer sleeve, the one thing that's going to get Matthew Peck out on the links. An innovative new product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your sleeve of your golf bag and keep those drinks frosty cold the entire round. And they will be cold, cold, cold because they won't last the entire round because Matt Peck will run through them bad boys, baby, and it's going to be awesome. So head to pensandaces.com, use the promo code CHGO to receive yourself 15% off your first order and go ahead and get yourself some free shipping. How about that? Pensandaces.com because when you look good, you play good. And when you play good, it's all good. Today's episode also brought you get at DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. You know about that awesome deal they have. We've been telling you about it. Any money line $5 free bets if your team wins in game parlays 100% bonus on those payouts so download the DraftKings sportsbook app use that promo code CHGO and have some fun betting on these NBA games and you know what I haven't given y'all a pick of the week yet so let me do that right now your DraftKings okay. pick of the week I'm looking at tonight's nba slate and i see our our pal john sabine's beloved mavs are in action tonight um they are taking on the washington wizards second night of a back-to-back for luke and the mavs coming off of a somewhat shocking and ugly loss to orlando last night the first game of the season when luca looked somewhat human 24 6 and 6 which for Luca is like trash, <laughs> right? So right. far this season because by the way, Luca's averaging 35 8 and 8. He is averaging 35 8 and 8. So I don't know what the deal was with the Mavs last night. Uh against the Magic, but I hate to do it and I might regret it, but I am Uh-oh. confidently right now taking the under on Luka Doncic's mm. combined points rebounds and assists tonight which is set at 49 and a half a ridiculously Ooh, huge number until you realize when you add up 35 8 and 8 that's more than 30 that's more than 49 and a half but i don't know yeah. what it was luca looked human last night and now they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back also the wizards somewhat under the radar quality defensive team so far they're just outside the top 10 in the nba in defense right now yeah, maybe yeah. they'll give him some trouble I'm shading on the underside of Luca's combined points, rebounds, and assists. That is my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week tonight. My dear Ooh. friend John, I apologize. And a little piece of me hopes I'm wrong, but I also like Marley making money. Pack. So he does. <laughs> I, I cannot get old Luca's averages through their first 10 games. It's insane. It's insanity. Dumb, man. It's stupid how good he is. It's really, it's really ridiculous. He's fun, so much fun to watch. When you look at a dude's stat line, you see he has twenty four six and six, and you're like, "Ooh, bad game!" Like, what? What is that? <laughs> Tough night. And they, and I don't think uh, Paulo played that game either for the for Orlando. I think the rookie was out. Mm-hmm. Still got the win. Still got Chino it. Kiki. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of uh, around the league, guys, uh, while we have a few minutes left here, <laughs> Big, Big Dave, I know you wanted to talk about Utah a little bit. Who, by the way, who, was, was it last? Was it last night when they beat Atlanta on the road to continue improving their record? <laughs> he still got the Lowry hot sauce. Yeah, got my sauce, baby. Yes. Oh wait, no. But it's Lowry, so it's not hot sauce, isn't it? Like, like cream, like some kind Smile of cream sauce. based dip. It's a mild sauce. And you know what's funny? He's absolutely right. Because if you see it right there, medium, right there. <laughs> He's absolutely right. It is mild sauce. But just know, Will, I got some ranch in the fridge. So it's all good. I got that too. <laughs> My man! 30, 32 and 8 for Lowry in the Jazz most recent win. We we touched on them early on when they jumped out to whatever their start was, like 3 and 1, 4 and 1. We're like, oh, well, this is cool. And Lowry's playing well, but not sustainable. Well, yeah. still sustainable through another handful of games. What do we think about this Jazz team, guys, who theoretically were trying to tank this year? 10 and 3. They are 10 and 3. That is absolutely crazy. Um, Lowry is home. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is hilarious. That man is a walking black hole, and I love it. <laughs> like you give him the basketball, you ain't getting it back. <laughs> like it's just that simple. The only place you're getting it back is taking it out of the hoop or getting a rebound. That's the only place you're getting it back for Jordan Clarkson, man. But uh, I think Conley, long lost brother. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think Conley has also been a calming force for them as well. Uh, point guard and I love when he's healthy like it's just always been hard for him because he's always been historically hurt throughout his career but he's been relatively healthy uh playing in Utah uh but yeah he's been a calming force for them and Kelly Olenek has also just out of nowhere been really really good for the Utah Jazz man but it starts and it ends with, with Lowry man he's playing confidently he's talking shit when he's hitting threes now like, he's dunking on people, he's blocking shots, getting rebounds, running the floor. Like, he just is having real fun out there. That's that's what's going on with him right there. What up, D-Maze? There, I mean, I feel like a lot of times people bring totally new teams together, and the Bulls are a good example of this from last year, and just, like, it clicks, it works. And that's kind of how I feel about the Jazz the Mike Conley point is a really good one. And I think we've seen a little bit of that with Goran Dragic of like the importance of just having a really good point guard, like true yeah. point guard um, out there. Uh, I, I like the way they space the floor, I like the way they move. Will Hardy has been just like a really, really good oh, coach man. for them. Jared Vanderbilt is awesome. I'm a huge Jared Vanderbilt fan. Uh, yes, and they like, yeah. they have talent. They just like have a bunch of guys and, I mean, yeah, what are they, 10-3 and three right now, third in the league in net rating? Like, are they fourth in the lead, league in net rating? Are they going to actually tank, or are they going to, like, go for it here? Because right now, Lowry's looking like an all-star, maybe an all-star yeah. starter. And, <laughs> I mean, it's just – it's wild. Like, you just – you would have never expected that. You think they're all in on the Wembenyama sweepstakes. But they got a boatload of picks from Minnesota, and Minnesota is 5-7. and seven. It's crazy. Yeah. They're, like – they're – it's just I can't believe it. <laughs> and th- look, the other thing about this is, and I saw Bulls Twitter's been going crazy about Lowry recently, and it's a dark, dark conversation for a lot of reasons. And I don't <laughs> want to relive all of that. Um, wow. 
now. But the whole like, you know, what what did the Bulls try to make him into and whether or not they supported him and, and you know, put him in the right spot to be a star that some of us believed he could be. Um, but the thing that I think of when I'm looking at what Lowry's done so far that's a little surprising, you mentioned that like, yeah, he's like, you know, drilling threes and, and yelling at people about it, Dave. But that, like, sadly, the end of the Lowry phase in Chicago, all we saw was him standing around the perimeter and occasionally Correct. jacking up a three. Yes. And we were so disappointed, those of us who saw other elements to his game and mm-hmm. believed that those could be there consistently. And mm-hmm. then instead, what they did was disappear <clears throat> entirely. Mm-hmm. His three point percentage this season compared to his career average is actually down a couple points. Mm-hmm. He's a career 36 something shooter. This season so far, he's only a 34% shooter. Mm-hmm. But his overall field goal percentage, Come while on. he's gone from averaging 15 up to near 23, is up from a career 44.5% to 52.7. Lowry scoring inside and doing so efficiency, uh, doing so efficiently, which makes me happy for him and also breaks my freaking heart. <laughs> it Why? doesn't break my No, man. No. He had to go. It wasn't going to – he was not happy here. They they subjected him to the ball-headed menace. Like, he, he's, he's been through a lot of trash, all right? He's been a lot of trash going on here in Chicago. He had said it on, on the podcast, talking with Shams, like, he had fallen out of love with basketball playing here. Like, he didn't he, – he wasn't happy. It wasn't his thing. He needed to – he needed to change the scenery. He said the time in Cleveland was great for him. It gave him – it, it was just a fun season for them because they were young. They were just playing and nobody knew them. And again, I thought Cleveland would be a great place for him. Cause I was like, okay, nobody's looking at him. He's not under the microscope. When you're playing in Chicago, New York, LA, places like that, you're under the microscope, like period, immediately. That's what you're going to do. So when you go to a smaller place, a la Wendell going to Orlando, when you go to those smaller places and it's not on you and they're not critiquing every move that you do and looking at you like that, you play a little bit more freer. He found himself there, and then he went home. He went home to Utah. This is all he did was go home. I said it a million times. The man went home. That's all that happened. I told Matt a story, Will, that I read Lowry talking about when he and his father were visiting colleges, and the first college they visited was Utah. And he turned to his father and said, do we even have to look at other schools? Because he loved Utah. He, but the reason he went to Arizona was because he said it reminded him too much of home. He wanted to go somewhere completely different. And that's why he went to a hot-ass Arizona. Completely different than cold-ass Utah. Because it reminded him of home. He is at the crib right now. He is at the house. And as Matt said, the locks are flowing. And when the locks are flowing, so is Lowry. Oh! My I'm man so doing his thing. I'm so glad that theory came back and proved me right once again. It was a theory I had back in the day when he was wearing Bulls jerseys. When Lowry's hair is long and curly and flowing, he balls. When it's buzz cut Lowry, plays like crap. Um, <laughs> fly the dub, I see you. You're still trying and still failing. Peck, regarding Lowry, it's only been 13 games. Yeah, did I just tell you that I've anointed Lowry as the MVP of the league this season through 13 games? No. I'm going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. With the other 69 games, just like I told you about the Bulls, just like I told you last night. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's a wait and see for Lowry, but as somebody who's a huge fan, I'm just happy to see him comfortable and playing well. We'll see if it's sustainable. That's why, again, that's why I have, haven't gone crazy 
on, on anything like on Twitter or nothing like that about Lowry because I'm just being cool with it and checking it out. I want to give him some time, but he really looks awesome right now and super comfortable. Speaking of uh, around the league, Jorge in the comments, what do you all think about the AD rumors? Okay, funny story. Oh, <laughs> three-person thread <laughs> talking about what we were going to talk about today. And Will was like, well, you know, we could address the AD thing. And I said, no, don't want they to. Wanna. Don't want to even they acknowledge wanna. that. <laughs> now, why would we do that? Uh, the goat strikes again. Why would we do that? <laughs> yes. No. But <laughs> we can't. We're, we're almost out of time, but real quick, uh, did you guys see the most ridiculous LeBron James is a liar uh, piece, drama piece theater last night? No, I didn't see this. What after, after they lost to the Clippers, he was whining about drawing contact and not getting calls. And he okay. said something along the lines of, I don't know, I guess I need how to learn. I need to learn how to flop or something. And I spit out whatever <laughs> I had in my mouth and guffawed. Because apparently, according what? to LeBron James, LeBron James doesn't know how to flop. <laughs> As his team, with another L, sank to 2-9, and nine, the second worst record, not just in the Western Conference, but the entire NBA. Oh and this dude God. has the fucking gall what? to get up and tell the media, I'm not getting calls. I need to start <laughs> flopping. Bro, start flopping? Start flopping? LeBron's been flopping since the Eisenhower administration. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, they put flops in video games because of LeBron. I remember that. They put it in video games because of him. Like you said, like Matt, yes, Matt Skizzy, his name was LeFlop. That was a thing. I remember that. That was the mad. LeBron, oh, wow. The LeBron lying meme is quickly becoming one of my <laughs> favorites. <laughs> whether it's that or him being like dude i told my friends kobe was going for 70 that night or what was the other one some uh some hip-hop artist who had passed away and he was talking about like oh man i was listening to him like back in the day and take people off. were like yeah take off he was like and people were like dude his his first songs weren't even out that year that you just said since 95 you stupid <laughs> oh man though that that's that's and I, wow wow I have zero zero sympathy for that man who did this to himself. I'm gonna go to gonna go to Hollywood. Good for him. They got that one bubble chip. Good for them. Hope it was worth it. This Lakers team is trash. Everyone with half an NBA mind knew it was gonna be trash, and watching it be yeah. trash is even more satisfying than I thought it would be. And LeBron's up here trying to claim that he doesn't know what a flop is or how to do it. Man. Oh man. Sir. 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 <laughs> Oh, oh wow. All right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I got Man. nothing left. I'm That's... oh my gosh. I'm a, I you know, I kinda wish okay. I could watch the Lakers lose again tonight, but they're not playing tonight. It's a damn shame. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are out of here. We are off tomorrow and Friday. Um, and then we'll be back for Bulls on Sunday. We got a Bears tailgate again on Sunday before Bears Lions. Check out the link. Uh, there's an Eventbrite link on our website, allchgo.com. Come hang yeah. out with us. Yeah. Um, because of Bears post game, once again,
Again, we won't be pregame for that Sunday game against the Nuggets. We will there for y'all for postgame. So we will talk Justin about Fields. In the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter, Bulls under Peck, Bow, BWL Sports, Will Bow. underscore Abe, at Joey Spath, underscore Bulls. Make sure you're reading everything that this man, Will the Goat, is writing for us at allchgo.com. And uh, enjoy the start to your weekend. Mm. Joey, are you working on CH Joey, the recurring segment? Are we doing that? Let's get it I ready for the next, the next show. <laughs> C-H-G-O-E? That's what I thought. Preparing. I have been feverishly preparing since I woke up this morning and saw that tweet. Shout out to my guy, Gary. Just give me the spotlight and I'll take it from there. <laughs> Dude. I also made this and I wanted to put it on the screen. I don't know why. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> you have too much time oh, on your hands, Joey. That, that's gonna that's gonna take us out. Everybody, hit that oh, thumbs up man. button if you haven't already before you leave. Us and uh, <laughs> we appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. Uh, for Joey and Big David, Will, I am Peck. Love you, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you Thanks. Sunday. See you, Red. Be good. <laughs>